Oh my, this alcohol is delectable. My, my, this card is. It's only 10 a.m. It's five o'clock somewhere. <gasps> you poor drunk. This is a coffee house. Have some class. Both of you should have some of this coffee. We are enlightenment thinkers after all. <laughs> Both of you act like children. Clearly, tea is a superior beverage. In this age, we drink tea. Alcohol is by far the most useful and important drink, just as the French Revolution is the most important revolution known to man. Alcohol is just like the French Revolution. Sloppy, messy, and only tastes good when it's been aged for a couple hundred years. It messed up all your heads, that is, if you didn't lose it. The American Revolution is just like this coffee, a perfect brew. Enough drama to stir up some bowel movement, but also the perfect start to a good day. American Revolution? Goodness me, Locke. The Haitian Revolution is by far more revolutionary than both the French or American Revolutions put together. Well, I think you're both bonkers. The French Revolution encompasses everything that I stand for. I think, therefore, I am. And the relationship between mind and man. This revolution encompasses free and enlightened ideas, as well as the beginning of equity in Europe and eventually the globe. Both of you seem to forget where you come from. Don't be biting the hand that feeds you now. Without the American Revolution, neither of you would exist. Both of you would still be in the Stone Ages. The American Revolution brought life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all. There's no denying that. Ah, uh, fellas, I think we have a little disagreement here now. Why don't, why don't you say we settle this like gentlemen? I don't oppose it, but I doubt the drunk will agree. Regardless of the ideas in which these revolutions are based on, I think we can all agree that Napoleon Bonaparte was the most influential leader and was able to actually put thoughts and ideas into policies. Well, I can't disagree with the fact that Napoleon was influential. I don't think that we had, we had that he had made more of an impact than Louverture. Louverture started as, as an educated slave, but to work his way up from the very bottom of society. Unlike Napoleon, the role of leader was not given to him, it was earned. The role of leader was not simply placed among the shoulders of Napoleon. Napoleon came from humble beginnings as well. Growing up, Napoleon was poor and his military training was funded on patronage. However, Napoleon did not let this get in his way. He was still able to become a fine leader and stop France from basically imploding on itself. Napoleon stepped in right when France needed a leader most. After the reign of the Jacobins and Maximilien Robespierre, France was in absolute shambles. There was blood being shed left and right to anyone who did not support the revolution in its entirety. And the economy was failing as the cost of everything was inflating and neighboring nations were trying to invade France. Napoleon helped France to overcome it all. That's great and all, but how can someone be considered the most revolutionary leader if they can't even stick to the moral values in which they are enforcing during the revolutions? Louverture basically brought slavery back to Haiti and he thought of it would be beneficial to the economy, even after leading a revolution founded on the basis of individual freedom. How, how preposterous. And Napoleon, don't even get me started on him. He was a short megalomaniac who... Actually, Napoleon was considered to be average height for a man of that era. Weighing in at roughly 198 pounds, Napoleon was 5 foot 2. That doesn't change the fact that Napoleon was a selfish megalomaniac whose actions were solely based on egocentric intent. Did Napoleon really need to invade surrounding countries? No. Did Napoleon really need to con con crown himself consul? No, and on top, and to top it all off, Napoleon even made a deal with the Pope that if he could re reconnect the people of France with Catholicism, the Pope would give Napoleon everything that Napoleon wanted. 
George Washington, on the other hand, was an honest and loyal leader whose actions were based solely on doing what was best for the nation. He looked out for his people and led to serve them. He also always set his beliefs into motion and worked hard to implement them in order to benefit everyone. He treated all military troops equally, regardless of social status, and was a man of his word. George Washington was a man with high moral character whose leadership only became stronger with more power, as opposed to Louverture and Napoleon. Receiving more power only made them weaker and led them to stay further from their own values as well as the values of their revolutions. How preposterous. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Napoleon Bonaparte set the foundation for France and French society as we know it today. Public education, urbanization, and urban sprawl, the Napoleonic Code, religious freedom for all, as well as class equity for all. To tarnish his name and to not name him the most revolutionary leader is atrocious and an abomination. Yeah, that Napoleon did heavily contribute to society and that he was quite spectacular. However, Napoleon reinstated slavery in French colonies, which is something his revolution did stand for and was a huge step in the wrong direction. While Louverture, on the other hand, he stood for and implemented paid labor for all. You both make some excellent points. However, George Washington stood against tyranny and fought for individual freedoms and rights. Contrary to Napoleon the tyrant and Louverture the sellout, George Washington practiced what he preached. This is why I think we can all agree that George Washington was the most revolutionary leader. I must say, for an English tea drinker, your idea is spot on. Even though he wasn't French, I can support anyone whose arguments are as compelling as yours. This round goes to the American Revolution. Hmm. What's in this tea? It's making my mouth tinkle oddly. But anyways, what is the significance of leadership if there weren't any relevant changes both systemically and politically? I agree, and hence why we can see prime examples of both in France after our glorious revolution, which definitely can't be said for the other two. Oh my, somebody is speaking from their rear end. Dissaline, you may be right. Surely there must be something in that drink that is making Descartes act in such a way. Goodness gracious, Locke, it seems like the reality of the facts is making you delusional. Might I remind you both that if it was the French Revolution that created the ideal and more inclusive society. Now that is delusional thinking. Revolutionary France can be summed up as a series of power shifts to accompany political manipulation. And the same can be said about the Haitian. It was always about who has the power or who can manipulate others into thinking they had the power. The American Revolution, on the other hand, was renowned for its creation of popular sovereignty. The principle that a government's authority is only given by the consent of its people. I wonder if by people you mean all Americans, including its black population. The Haitian Revolution resulted in the first constitution to fully abolish slavery, where all Haitians were free and equal, and above all, inviolable right to land ownership. Unlike both the French and the Americans, who preached and stated a series of rights and freedoms, the Haitians actually upheld them. Yes, there's no denying the fact that after the revolution, Haiti saw numerous political leaders coming in and out. However, I would argue that this only further developed and allowed the Haitian people to understand what type of leadership and governance is right for them. We must not forget that Haiti was a series of firsts, meaning that there wasn't much precedent to rely on. If we really want to talk about firsts, America was the first country with a written and standard constitution, significant on the basis that it established the first ever government based on checks and balances. It comprised of three branches, the executive, legislative, and judicial. This multi-tiered government protected the best interest of the people and ensured that power was shared to prevent the possibility of the rise of an authoritarian government. Ha 
ha ha. Well, unfortunately, it didn't prevent the rise of a civil war. Well, at least we didn't go from chopping the head of a king in the name of abolishing monarchy and then instating a megalomaniac emperor, quite literally undoing the purpose of the revolution in the first place. Megalomaniac this, megalomaniac that. Do you have nothing else to say? Within years of coming into power, Napoleon completely restructured France, centralized the government, and tightened the bureaucracy. His civil code abolished feudalism and instated that all men are equal under the law. Descartes, you should know that. From last I checked, much of the Haitian reforms stem from the development made by the French during and after the revolution. These developments would go on to spread across Europe, undermining the old and outdated foundations of European society. In all honesty, I find this discussion to be humorous at best. You two are trying to prove that your revolutions were more revolutionary. But was it not the United States and France who felt threatened by the Rev Haitian Revolution? In truth, it was the entirety of the European colonial powers and their allies who felt so threatened by the rise of an independent black nation that they sanctioned numerous punishments to cripple us, but to no avail imposing diplomatic quarantine on the pretext that we're all criminals? <laughs> mm -mm, the stupidity. While there is no arguing with that, Dessaline, I will say this. Both of your political spheres were dominated by individuals who ensured their power by embedding their lifelong right to rule in your constitutions. Compared to America, our constitution, bill of rights, and even style of government were not only first, but collaboratively made. Not decided on or created by one person, but encompassed by many different opinions and views. On that regard, I agree. There's importance in discourse and debate, and the unity that is achieved from it, especially for the nurturing of a nation. Regardless, you can't deny that Haiti was the world's first post-colonial independent black Latin nation, Latin America's first sovereign nation, and the only nation to attain independence through a successful slave insurrection. Well, well, it seems as if Dessaline had converted me. Ha ha ha, never. But I do see merit in what you say. As do I. With that said, though tense, this round can be given to Haiti. Ah, society, society. We live in a society. You know, after the American Revolution, American mothers became dubbed as Republican mothers? People responsible for raising society's most upstanding citizens? Oh, Shosh, with all your boasting, you guys didn't have much to lose in the first place. Look at Haiti. We literally freed our slaves ourselves from slavery. Our revolution brought justice to the, to, to the enslaved and made sure everyone was treated fairly. Both of you need to simmer down. Neither of your revolutions kick-started agricultural and industrial revolutions. Neither of your revolutions united enlightened thinkers like ourselves, dare I say. And neither of your revolutions drastically increased the quality of life for all. The French Revolution, whether you like it or not, drastically changed French society from a failing and feudal one to one of great colonial power and prosperity. Napoleon, as the first consul of France, created a national bank and centralized schooling system, which received which revived the post-war economy while making sure people could read. Settle down, Descartes. That's nothing revolutionary. The American Revolution created a uniquely American society. Our revolution brought forth the American dream, a united American identity, and most importantly, a unique American experience. On a national level, church became separated from state, even though people were still welcome to practice whatever religion they wished to. If I'm not mistaken, your society was reunited with the Catholic Church. Oppressive much? 
Any remnant of both feudalism and aristocracy was completely extinguished from American society, weakening hereditary and patriarchal privilege. Women and girls in America could inherit family property and have some say-so in their family's estate. If my memory hasn't failed me at my ripe age, Napoleon took away the rights of women from the following the revolution and made life worse for them. Oh, Locke, I knew you would come after me with your feminist antics. Don't look so self-righteous on that high horse now. The American Revolution didn't bring freedom or voting rights to women either. Even though they had been significant in the revolutionary effort against the British, your founding fathers were still too ignorant to include them in your sorry constitution. Meanwhile, in France, however, new medications increased birth rate and reduced infant mortality. The death rate as a whole declined. New technology and agricultural strategies pushed forth an agricultural revolution. The French people were introduced to corn and potatoes, making their meals far more delicious and nutritious. Our economy boomed, our people were living longer, eating better, and making more than before. What could possibly be better than that? Both of you are sitting silly if you think that either of those revolutions brought great social change, societal change, if any at all. Look at Haiti, we literally transitioned from a plantation-based economy driven by slave labor, might I mention, into one where everyone was free, worked for themselves, and could own their own land. In fact, Haiti was the first ever successful slave revolt that resulted in the creation of an independent nation fully comprised of former slaves. We are a land of firsts. I'll give that to you, Dithaline. What Haiti did was fairly impressive. However, should I remind the both of you that ultimately it was the American society that became less deferential and more egalitarian post-revolution. It was American society that became the became less aristoc aristocratic and more meritocratic. Society literally flourished under our new and united, unified American identity, and Enlightenment ideals like my own, should I mention, spread across the great American nation, weakening slavery, inspiring suffrage, and bringing forth later civil rights movements. American society really began to move and progress post-revolution. We had beliefs and we acted upon them. British rule was eradicated. We had a domestic market. We could conquer Western nations. We had liberty, valued life, and pursued happiness after the revolution. <laughs> Locke, did you forget how the American Revolution was a nightmare for the indigenous people? Did you forget how the thousands of loyalists were forced to flee their homes? How the loyal revolution women were betrayed by their own countrymen? If anything, the American Revolution only created revolutionary ideas that inspired far greater revolution. It was not truly revolutionary in itself, especially in the societal department. Lower your voices, the two of you, coiling like madmen. We need to settle this. Look, yes, the American Revolution inspired the other revolutions and introduced egalitarianism into society. However, after your revolution, those Enlightenment ideals and meritocratic spirit were not put into practice. You had a good idea, just not good enough action. In Haiti, I'm sure in the future, in 2022 or 2032, your revolution will be in the history books as one of the resilience and collective strength. But are things really better for Haiti? Are the people really truly free? I think there's still a long way for you guys to go. But look at France. We organized centralized baking, banking and schooling, entered an industrial and agricultural revolution, built a whole new world and self-sufficiently, society from scratch. Feudalism used to plague the peasants of the three estates, but now people can expect to live longer under better rule and face generally better living conditions. What more can you guys ask for in terms of societal change? I think, therefore, I am. Hmm. Well, well said, Discardus. Truly well said. 
I can't disagree with you. Your soliloquy was truly sobering, even if you aren't. Even I can't disagree, and I'm definitely the most enlightened of the three of us. Even if this Alina doesn't, doesn't agree, I'm willing to put my argument down and let this guy have this one. No opposition here either. A drunk mind truly speaks to a sober heart. Ross you was right all along. On that note, cheers on three for France's round three win. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. I can't believe after three rounds, we are still deadlocked on which revolution is truly the most revolutionary. Well, it's always hard to compare these kind of things. It's like comparing alcohol to coffee. Sure, they are both delectable drinks, but one is depressant and the other is a stimulant. If there's one thing we can all agree on, is that a revolution is only as good as its legacy. If it didn't create a long-term change, was it really that revolutionary at all? You know, the French Revolution is still pretty revolutionary in the legacy department. The ideals of liberty, equality, and fraternity are still prevalent in global institutions, including law and order. Our centralized banking and schooling systems have been adopted worldwide, although with a few tweaks. Napoleon's civil code has remained influential, referenced by governments and scholars alike. While law codes date back to ancient Egypt, Napoleon's code was the first coherent and all-encompassing civil code, which addressed all matters concerning property, family, and the individual. Although I still believe that the American Revolution was the most revolutionary, I must admit that it has a complicated and checkered legacy. Yes, the Constitution was the first of its kind, but it has required repeated amendments for it to be appropriately applied in modern society. While liberation from British rule drastically changed the American society, no remnants of that society remained in the present. Times have changed, and very little of what was accomplished from the American Revolution remains. Yes, our enlightened ideals of egalitarianism and pursuing happiness will always be the values of, great, of the great American nation. But even those ideals are presented, and even how those ideals are presented and interpreted has changed. Post-revolution, one may have considered that liberty only applied to white men, but now we understand that everyone deserves life, liberty, and the ability to pursue happiness. God bless America. I can't lie either. I don't think the Haitian Revolution has much to offer in the legacy department. While much of what the Haitian Revolution accomplished was truly revolutionary and life-changing for people who had been treated so unfairly by life, it is still a work in progress. The revolution is not truly complete or over. Haiti still has a long way to go. Haiti is still living in its post-revolution society and needs to reunify and rebuild after years under colonial rule. Haiti needs to recover and once it does, it will have had the most revolutionary revolution of them all. Philosophical much? The two of you are talking too much like academics for me to understand. But if you want to give French the big win, I'm all for it. After all, the reason we are all gathered here today is due to a centralized schooling system. If you catch my drift. As much as I dislike your drunkness at our gathering, I must agree and say the ultimate win goes to the French Revolution. I could probably walk outside this coffee house and recognize 10 things that have their roots in the French Revolution. Awfully generous there, Locke. Never thought you were the type to give up so easily. It must be something in your coffee. But still, I do agree with you. The French Revolution does deserve the title of being the most revolutionary. Miss Carter, you better hold on to that title tight. As once Haiti recovers, I'm coming for it again. You've got too much optimism, I would say. But still, it's nice to see all of us come to a peaceful consensus after all that debate and discussion. The French Revolution is truly the most revolutionary, and I'm glad both of you finally see it. Since I won, drinks are on me. Waiter, waiter, another round of drinks for the old fools at table three. We're celebrating my victory.